On today's episode, we're going to be talking about how to make your way back from idolatry in your life on Souls Road 2. And welcome to Soul Zero Two. This is the podcast that is putting the oxygen back into the Christian life one soul at a time. And I'm so glad to be with you. And whenever I do series like the one I'm doing on idolatry, and this is part seven, and we're going to end it today, but um, not only do I, do I research this very thoroughly and I read really good scholars, but this is born out of my own struggles in my own life with, with idolatry. And so this is not something that, you know, like I was in some castle hiding and just theoretical. This is like stuff in my own life. But um, how do you get delivered from idolatry? How do you, how do you make your way back from, <clears throat> from idolatry? And, you know, we just simply titled this The Way Back from Idolatry today. But how do you get back from it? But first, before we can talk about that, let's talk about maybe where we've been in this short series, seven-part series on idolatry. And we talked about these things, why idolatry is such a big deal with God. We addressed uh, different types of idols people worship, which are many, right? There could be a, a gajillion. Um, uh, we become what we worship. That was an important point. And then idolatry is a reversal of God's image in us. That The word idol is the very opposite of image. Uh, imago Dei, the Imago Dei. Uh, and, and so in this series, we, we've talked about these things and but there's hope, right? We all struggle with idols. The, the most simple, innocuous, innocent thing can be an idol in your life. And But here's an encouraging scripture that talks about how God's creation, as he's restoring it, all have hope, right? Us, we have hope that we can change. And it's in Ephesians 4.22 where he says, You were taught to put away your former way of life and your old self. And he says, it is corrupt, right, and, and deluded by its lusts, and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds, and to clothe yourselves with the new self, created according to the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. And so there's hope here because he talks about the new self. And the new self is, isn't just reinventing myself, but it's, it's Christ. It's him living in me. That's the whole point of the scripture. And we find that in the scripture, it shows us that there is a way out of idolatry and that it involves the recovery of God's image in us. And only Christ can really do that by us looking to Him. That's where we're headed with, with our points today uh, and our, our, our kind of focus today. But when you think about it this way, the greatest cure for idolatry when you think about it is God Himself. That He was the one that that said, if you want to flourish, you got to worship me. So the way back to idolatry is by looking to him again. And one of the greatest causes of idolatry is forgetfulness, right? We talked about that in the series, that, that there are over 60 verses in the Old Testament, and probably even more, that talk about, don't forget what God did. But of course, they forgot, right? And if you read the book of Judges, uh, it's amazing how it's like this back and forth ping pong of, they get delivered, then they go back into idolatry. They get delivered, then they go back into idolatry. It's like a broken record. And, but there are some things that maybe these can be look, uh, looked upon as, as questions that we can ask ourselves. And, and these questions um, have to do with, with a checklist, right, of 
what are some things I need to think about to help me make my way back from idolatry? And the first one can be something like this. So idolatry questions checklist. Number one, do I remember what an idol is? And when we talk about idols in our life, right, we have to think about it in this way. An idol is, is nothing that wants everything that you have. And Isaiah 44, 9 says, All who make idols are nothing, and, they, and the things they delight in do not profit. And then it goes on to say, Who would fashion a god or cast an image that can do no good? And so we find that, that what makes these idols dangerous is that there's nothing to them, and yet we ascribe everything to them. And this lightest thing in my life can steal my heart. And so we find that that if, if God created us, then he knows our boundaries and capabilities. But we'll never find hope unless we, we look back instead of forward. And hence, we, we have Richard Lynn's great comment where he said, the irony of identity is that by looking away from ourselves, we are more likely to discover our true identity. In other words, there's been such a focus today on my identity, your identity, what do I identify as, how do, how do you want me to refer to you, all these things. And I believe, according to the scriptures, that the more we look to ourselves, the less we know who we are. But the more we look away from ourselves and look to God, the more we know who we really are and how he created us to be. And so we find that that in these scriptures, that, that first, you know, do I remember what an idol is? And there's a scripture in Acts that talks about this when it says, it says simply, and I'll pull it up here in a second, the God who made the world and everything in it, he who is the Lord of heaven and earth does not live in shrines made by human hands. And this is an important point to make because when we know who the creator is, we'll realize that everything else, everything else is just an idol in my life. Everything that I worship, that is. So, so here's the second maybe diagnostic question we can ask ourselves in, in, this, in this conversation of, of how to get back from idolatry. And that is this. Have I forgotten that it is Satan's job to deceive? Now, I can show you scriptures, and I'm sure you know scriptures, that Satan is like a roaring lion. He's waiting to see who can, he, he can devour. Um, but there's a true story of, in the 1920s, a Scotsman named Arthur Ferguson he stood idly in London's Trafalgar Square as he watched an obviously well-to-do American uh, admiring the statue of Admiral Lord Nelson and the column it rested on. So he, he, he got struck with this genius idea, and he ended up selling Nelson's column to the American for $30,000. Lions, he says you can have the lions too, they're yours. And this Ferguson guy went on from there to sell the famous Big Ben clock uh, to another American for five grand. And he took $10,000 from another uh, person for selling Buckingham Palace. And by the time the law caught caught up with him, uh, he had sold the Eiffel Tower, the Statue of Liberty, uh, all, and he made insane money. And so, of course, he spent, you know, the several next year is in prison. But I'm, I'm saying that to say this, that Satan is always trying to sell you something. He's always trying to take your eyes off of Jesus, off of God, off, off of your Creator. And Satan outwits the weak in faith by mixing 
truths with half-truths. And it's important we know that, that he's too smart to give you an outright lie. So what does he do? He, he gives you a, you know, a half-truth and, and a lie together. So <clears throat> thus it says in 2 Corinthians 2.11, <clears throat> it says, And we, we do this so that we may not be outwitted by Satan, for we are not ignorant of his designs. So there's this eternal vigilance of Satan's schemes in our life that we have to look look out for every day, every day. It, it, the minute you turn on the TV, it's there, right? The minute you go outside your door, it's there. And so the, the next thing I, I want to share with you is, is simply this, and, and, and it's, it's an important point to make in, in our diagnostic questions of, you know, kind of our idolatry checklist, right? And that is this. Am I reflecting God or something else? That's a good question to ask as a, like a self-reflection of, you know, wh- wh- where, where am I, right? where I'm at? Uh, we are God's image in the world. We worship Him by reflecting Him. If we, if we worship something else, then we will naturally re- reflect it, and that is the test. What am I reflecting? If I'm obsessed with something, like, you know, like sports, I will reflect sports. If I'm obsessed with my band and I have a great band, I, I know a lot of kids that have great bands and I love their music. It's hilarious. It's the energy they put into this. Um, but even something innocent and innocuous, if I, if I begin reflecting it and not Jesus, th- then it's out of balance. It could be a, an innocent hobby. It could be a favorite radio show or podcast or podcast. It could, do, it could be a YouTube personality. Am I reflecting it? Whatever I reflect, that's what I'm worshiping. So here's, an, here's one more diagnostic question, and then, then we're going to move on. But uh, am I guarding my heart, right, slash self? Your heart is the center of who you are. And in fact, I put it right there in, uh, in Proverbs 14.23, Keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flow the springs of life. Are you, are you guarding your mind, right, your emotions, and your will, which which are considered in Scripture part of the heart, right? Are you guarding your mind from from patterns of thinking that lead to idolatry? Your emotions from being ensnared, or your will from stubbornness and pride that can also lead to idolatry. In fact, some of it is idolatry, stubbornness and pride. And so, and and the last one I want to give you, as we as we go to the next piece, I want to do today, and is, and here it is, right here, what am I becoming, right? So what am I reflecting, but what am I becoming? That's a good question, isn't it? I'm glad you asked. So, so um, whatever you become like is, is what you'll worship. And that's why Second Corinthians 3.18 says, And all of us with unveiled faces, seeing the glory of the Lord as though reflected in a mirror, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord. So why does that happen? Because we're, we're reflecting Jesus. We're, we're focusing on Jesus and we reflect Him. And we find that I, I become whatever it is I reflect. And so encourage yourselves with these truths. This is my next piece I want to do. If you want to, if you want to be released from idolatry, Encourage yourselves with these truths, and I've done this in my own life, and it, it does help. But um, 
But encourage yourselves with these truths. Number one, I can be free from idols. There is a way out of, of something that has become an obsession in my life. And we find uh, in, in 1 Corinthians 15, 49, where it, it talks about the idea that, that um, it says, just as the man, and I'll give it to you here, it says, just as the man, or rather, it says, just as we have been born, or rather, we have borne the image of, 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 the, of the man of dust, right, that's Adam, we will also bear the image of the man of heaven, that's Jesus, right? Jesus took on human likeness so that we could reclaim our God likeness. That, that's the point. And then Romans 8.29 says, For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son. Do you see where that the way back from idolatry is to reclaim God's image in you as, as restored in Christ? That Christ is the perfect image of God, and, and when you look to him, you become what you behold. And, and so, so the best way to grow, the best way to mature, the best way to become a strong Christian is to focus on Jesus. Because whatever you focus on, you'll become like that thing. And it's, it's a beautiful th- prospect when you, when you think about it. And so, th- let me give you this one here. Th- the second one, and I think we missed, I, m- I missed one here, but um, well, here it is. So here, here's the second point here. Oh, here. There it is. God's image in me cannot be stolen. Right, that's a truth that, that I need to realize. Uh, God's image in me cannot be stolen. Uh, no matter how messed up a person is, no matter how how ruined their lives apparently are, no matter how they've marred their bodies or their minds or their spirits, Satan cannot steal that image. He can mar it. He can abuse it. He can twist it, and and he can he can mess it up, but he cannot steal it, because that belongs to God, and. He can distort it in a thousand ways, but the image remains. And that's why we must always pray. If, if, if someone does something you don't like or, 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 or they do something horrible, always remember that however you feel about them, they are in God's image. We must always see, see that, that stamp of God on them, that they are meant for, for greater things, right? Even the most horrible person in the world. And... So this is why uh, John 10.29 puts it beautifully when it, when it says, what my Father has given me is greater than all else, and no one can snatch it out of my Father's hand. And he's talking about those who belong to Jesus, those who look to him. So what's the third one? What's the third way that we, that we should maybe, uh, our, our third thing we, we should maybe look, look to to get out of idolatry? It is this. Jesus is the focal point of restoring God's image in me. And I kind of referred to this briefly and quickly. But what does that mean to us? How did God restore humanity and the humanity's distorted image? He did it through Jesus. He, he did it through the Son of God. And that's why Hebrews 1.3 really is a powerful scripture to encourage yourself that you can be like Jesus. Where it says, it says, He is the reflection of God's glory and the exact imprint of God's very being. It's talking about Jesus there. 
And that is a powerful scripture. This is why the more you focus on Jesus, the more you look to Jesus, the more you base your life in Jesus, the better off you'll be. And, and idolatry will naturally just peel off of your life. It'll naturally die in your life because you reflect whatever it is you focus on. And since Jesus is the perfect image of God, he should be our focus always. And the scriptures talk about putting on the Christ. You know, Paul's command to the Ephesian church was that very thing about uh, where he said this. He said, clothe yourselves with the new self. And we started out with the scripture, created according to the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. And, and, and this is connected to Jesus. Jesus is the new self. He's the one that, that as we look to him, he lives, he lives in us. And, and, and our, our life is a response of him living in us. And there's one last one I want to give you before we close. And, and it's an important one because a big part of idolatry is, hey, I want what I want. And, and we quoted a Hollywood director as to saying that before that, you know, he, he wanted to justify his perversion in court. And he says, well, the heart wants what, it heart, what the heart wants. But here is that, that, that last one I want to give you. I can learn to be content. And there are scriptures that speak of this, but much of idolatry happens because we are obsessed with having more, more money, more success, more possessions, more beauty, more lust, more importance, more significance, more individuality, more power, uh, just more, 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 more younger, you know, the younger model, you know, like that. Um, so how do you prevent idolatry? Learn to be satisfied with what God has given you in your life. And it doesn't mean you can't, you can't, have a vision for your life and, and, and want certain things, but there's a balance of these things because anything, even, even ambition, can become idolatry. And there's a place where God wants you and I to learn what it means to be content. And this is why Paul put it this way when he said in, in Philippians 4.12, he said, I know what it is to have little and I know what it is to have plenty. In any and all circumstances, I have learned the secret of, of being well-fed and of going hungry, of having plenty and of being in need. I can do all things through Him who strengthens me. Notice that it's back to Jesus. It's always based on looking back to Jesus and looking at His ways and, and looking at, his, at Him for your ultimate image of, of what life is to be like. So read the Gospels, read the parables, re- read the Sermon on the Mount, those are, uh, they represent the crux of what Jesus said and did. And, and, and read, read what Paul talked about Jesus because he, he really talks a lot about Christ and about the new creation. So I want to encourage you, if you're blessed by this podcast, please leave a like and recommend it to somebody else. Share it if you could. That'd be great. And check out our, our Facebook and we have a website, soul02.com and our, our YouTube channel. And uh, check those things out. And there's always something new every week. And and so God bless you. And uh, until next time, and just be blessed in the Lord. God bless.